The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In the 2016 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Xavier Howard, defensive back from Baylor. 13th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle, Clemson. With the fifth pick, in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa, quarterback, Alabama. The Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. Now we're on on two on three YPC. I'm afraid our tag is. I'm Clancy is here as always, and this show is brought to you by. Prize picks, use promo code 5FIVE. You can deposit $100 and it's a $100 rollover. I guess we'll just get into it right away. Simon, the first prospect. Yeah, we're looking at tackles, certainly in the first part of the show. Daywan Jones, big human being, couple of big human beings today, actually. Daywan Jones, Ohio State, right tackle. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan, obviously, we're looking at right tackles. This is a six foot eight, 374 pound behemoth with a seven foot mm-hmm. wingspan uh, an absolutely massive human being who showed up had essentially one and a half really good days at the senior bowl in practice can i, ask you, can I interrupt you for us a, a second sure you called him a behemoth right yeah why does tyson fury fury use the use that uh, says uh behemoth uh pro i mean Tyson's from a traveler family, so it's probably okay. just a traveler language. All right. It's just incorrectly pronounced. It's behemoth. But, I mean, if he wants to say it, how he wants to say it, he's the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> who am I to, uh, who am yeah. I to disagree? Yeah, because he's been running around uh, using that word over and over and over again. I keep hearing it. I'm like, maybe I'm the one who's pronouncing it wrong. But uh, yeah. Behemoth. That, I mean, that's certainly how I, I've i always been brought up to pronounce it and how everybody I know that who, not like I have a load of mates that wander around and say behemoth all the time, but those that do, that's how they pronounce it. And I, I think Tyson is probably in the wrong, but he's the world heavyweight champion. <laughs> and if he wants to pronounce it like that, then fuck it, pronounce it like that. Yeah, but yeah, Doan uh, Jones absolutely qualifies. Go on. Yeah, so three-star kid at high school, was a football basketball kid, and actually he was more of a basketball kid, really. He had a lot of uh, D1 basketball offers, Bowling Green, Ball State, Kent State, um, and actually didn't start playing football till his sophomore year in high school. Basketball, always the greater passion. But I think a, a kind of a light switch came on. He was get, he started to play, play tackle, um, and felt like probably you know future on the gridiron was the was the best path and really started to pick up offers quickly. USC, Penn State, Michigan, Auburn, Florida, Oregon, Alabama, you know, everybody was offering him. Went to Ohio State, was a two-year starter at Ohio State. Can't say that after watching Aaron Rodgers for an hour. Um, but yeah, you know, look, 
the good is the obvious, you know, he's a massive human being, you know, uh, and certainly, you know, you look at things like his reach, his lateral movement, um, make him a, you know, a real impediment for, for, for edge rushers. You can't hand fight him. Um, such a powerful man, you know, he's an outstanding down blocker and he just engulfs his, his defender when he, you know, when he gets into them, he is an avalanche in the run game when he is moving laterally and he can and block down and, you know, you get in his way, you are going to get wiped out. You are not going to be able to stop that from happening. It doesn't matter whether, whoever you are, because he's just too big. He is a massive human. He's strong. Um, now we'll get into the downsides in a minute, but in terms of you know pass protection, which has been a bit a bit more of an issue, I think, than his run, um, than his run play, and we'll get to the reasons why the specific reasons why in a sec. But you know, 152 true pass sets last season, PFF charged him with just two pressures, which is you know, which is really good. Now I saw more than that on tape, but that's fine. And also then at the senior bowl. He was outstanding in pass pro. So, you know, he has had some concentration issues and I wonder whether or not actually the light needs to be switched on full time. Um, but in terms of some of the things that you're looking for in the run game, you know, great snatch trap, all of those sorts of things, he is, you know, he's unstoppable in the run game. I think to me, the downsides are, are, are pertinent. Speed gives him issues. Um because he's got average foot quickness, uh, I think. And, and But actually, the biggest struggles that he has, you know, you look at, go back to, to two years ago, or, you know, 2021, yeah. So against Aiden Hutchinson, but also definitely against David Ajabo, gave him trouble. And, and facing speed, he gets off balance too much. He'll get out over his skis a little bit. You know, he'll allow defenders to get... Um, to get around him because that foot speed just isn't, it, it isn't good enough. But... If you watch his pass best sets specifically, you know, if players try and rush him with speed, he can obviously use those long arms and he widens them out and can ride them by the quarterback. But when he has to redirect, that's when he has a real problem. So, you know, when you get up the field as a pass rusher, you're under the arc and then you redirect back inside. That is his kryptonite, essentially. Um, and I think that's a weight issue, actually, because he's so top heavy. Um, and I think we obviously saw the same things with Daniel Falele coming out of Minnesota last year. Um, just that he just cannot move that body and the feet in, in a coordinated way quickly enough when rushers come back inside. So certainly when you're running the arc around him, because of the arm length, that makes up for some some footwork issues. But I think, you know, it's trying to watch a, a baby deer on roller skates on ice going down a hill sometimes when, you know, a rusher is educated enough and will cut back inside or will spin back inside. That's when he has some some problems. So I think they're the downsides for him. But he's a very interesting player. I wonder certainly, you know, is he an outside zone guy? He can certainly get outside in the run game. He's really just more of a power guy, um, especially when you're, you know, you know, you're running to the outside he's blocking downwards down the line rather than up the field you know there's a there is a distinct difference but you know he could be anything in the run game the concern is obviously whether or not against twitched up guys who aren't just bendy edge rushers you know what's going to be the issue for him in terms of is he going to give up sacks is he going to give up you know uh, quarterback hits pressures those sorts of things penalties have also been an issue over his two years as a starter but you know i look at him as a bit of a trent brown you know, if you're looking for a comparison, Trent Brown currently playing left tackle for the Patriots uh, was a big free agent signing for the Raiders under the Mike Mike, Mike Mayock era, um, and has played well generally on both the left and the right side uh, in New England. Especially, uh, he would be a Trent Brown kind of guy. 
Um, is he a guy the Dolphins would be? I, I think, look, Darnell Wright is not going to make it to 51. I think Darnell Wright would be an absolute, you know, he'd be the guy that Miami would would take. I'm not so sure about Jones. Um, and I wonder whether or not, you know, there might be some day three tackles. You look at Wanda Morris of Oklahoma, Jalen Duncan of Maryland, maybe they might be guys. I just am not sure that that uh, day one is going to be quite the, the source that... Uh, Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer are looking for, but he's a very interesting player. Um, and certainly in the right scheme, he could be an absolute monster. Yeah. Now, when you say that he has issues with, uh, and yeah, that's all over all his scouting reports, his issues with, with penalties um, on film. When you look at these penalties, uh, how are they occurring? Is it from catching twitchy bendy as yeah, rushers or is it out in space? It's it's grabby when players are cutting back inside. It's tripping. It's your know, legs left out. It's it's holding. It's it's those sorts of things. It, it's just technique stuff. I don't think it's a massive problem per se. I don't think he's a massive. You know, I, I thought Sauce Gardner had an issue coming out of Cincinnati as a corner. I thought he held way too much down the field. And I know it was so he holds way too times. much right now. <laughs> yeah, but he gets away with it. You know, yes, and I think yes, that's part of the, absolutely. You know, he's a physical player. Yeah. Um, and I thought it would catch him up a little bit, and I wondered whether or not that might be his kryptonite, and it turned out it wasn't. So I just think for Jones, it's got to be technique. He can be a bit sloppy at times in terms of his technique, in terms of his concentration that we talked about earlier on. Uh, he's admitted it himself that concentration. He certainly talked about uh, an issue that he had in that Michigan game, and, uh, and that he felt like he lost concentration against Hutchinson and Ajabo at times, which kind of, you know, meant that he gave up sacks, which he did. Um, but he's able to look at himself and assess his game, and I think he just needs to learn how to concentrate for sixty minutes when he's when he's on the field. Um, because I, I do think that stuff is coachable um, in terms of the penalties. I'm not sure that his inability to change direction at the the size that he is, you know, so like, you know, these are essentially two planet theory guys. He's a planet theory tackle. And by that, I mean that you're, there are only so many people in the world who are that size, who have those sorts of movement skills. You know, the, people talk about, he ran a five thirty five forty, which comparatively speaking is slow. He is six foot eight and 375 pounds. You know, <laughs> yes. you and I probably couldn't run a, a 535 40. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You know, so, I mean, that pretty much, and you know, I'm what, I'm 14 stone and six foot. I don't know what you are. You're probably about the same. So, you know, that, that kind of tells you just how athletic the, these guys are. And, you know, this is a big person coming downhill at you in the run game. You're going to want to get out of the way. Absolutely. All right. Final question. 51 Dolphins still have 51 they traded uh 77 for Jalen Ramsey uh I would have thought that the red flags that follow some guys that are built like Dewan Jones might have maybe even pushed them to 77 although I think it's cutting it close I'm almost certain it pushes them to 51 your thoughts yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll be on the board at 51. I think he'll probably may well be on the board when Miami pick in the third round. Hmm. And there will come a point where um, there will come a point where uh, his talent versus, you know, he will always be too good to pass up, you know, even though he's not a specific scheme fit. You know, there's a there's a kid working out today at the UCLA, UCLA Press uh, Pro Day. Uh, Antonio Maffi, the left guard, another sort of not ideal scheme fit who I would compare to Aaron Banks, the uh, the Notre Dame left guard who now plays for the 49ers, who obviously Mike McDaniel would know very well. Um, there will also come a point for him on day three, I think, where teams will look at him and think, look, the, the value is just too good to pass up. And so, you know, I think you you might enter into a value conversation. 
for Jones, some teams will be put off by the size. Some teams will be put off by when you look at the tape and the redirection. And because, you know, if if guys like me in England are, be, are able to see that he has problems with redirection, you know, every single, you know, pass rusher in the NFL is going to be looking at tape and thinking, oh, well, you know, and they're clipping up all the all the clips of him and his pass pro sets and those sorts of things. They'll be thinking, right, inside movement's going to kill this guy. You know, stunts, twists, that's going to kill this guy. So it will be interesting to see, but I he'll absolutely be on the board at 50. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't on the board at 51. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be key because uh, every defensive coordinator since the beginning of time, every time they see something like that, uh, in fact, uh, they still do it to Trent Brown today. They send those two-by-one uh, blitzes right at him. And if he guesses wrong or if he gets too grabby, it's an offensive holding penalty all day. So, yeah, he's going to have to work on that technique. And, you know, just be sound. Just be sound. Always take the inside guy, Dewan. Always take the inside guy. Yeah. <laughs> all right? And you're not going to get any offensive holding penalties. Put the rest on your tight end or your quarterback. All right. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll have another prospect. But first, these words. And we're back. You got a second guy for us, Simon? I do, actually. And it's a, a kind of an interesting guy, a guy I quite like watching, uh, a sort of an old school guy in, in many respects. And that's um, Sayaki Ika, who's the defensive tackle um, for nose tackle, really, at Baylor. He's known as Apu Apu Ika. Um, six foot three, another massive human being, 335 pounds. Um, high school kid out of East High, out of East High in Salt Lake City, Utah, four star recruit was heavily recruited by everybody in the SEC, but also, you know, Ohio State, USC, UCLA, all the big teams, Georgia, Bama, Florida State. Um, and he eventually ended up at, at LSU. Uh, well, actually, he, he committed initially to play football at college football at, um, at BYU um, and then decommitted, reopened his, uh, his commitment and switched to LSU where he played for two years. He won a national title there and the, the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase team spent two years at LSU, then entered the transfer portal in 2020. And, and Ed Orgeron essentially just said, "Look, you know, we 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 brought him in as a three-four defender, but we sort of switched up the we switched up the scheme a little bit with Dave Aranda, and he got a little bit overweight because he wasn't really playing as much in the 43 front as he was in the uh, in the odd front, the 34. Uh, he struggled a bit. He got overweight a little bit, and they just said, "Look, it'd probably be best for both." You know, because you've got NFL talent, if you just go and find a three-four scheme, um, and he followed Aranda to, um, to uh, Baylor, um, mm. and so took uh, the advice of Orgeron and took the advice of Aranda, obviously because he played so well under him as a freshman, um, and went out to 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 Texas to Baylor. And look, he's predominantly an, an A gap defender, another mm. human you know, an absolute human cannibal. He's a gap control DT who can sit and soak and anchor like a big old oak tree. Um, you know, he's got a lot of, you know, I, I've got an interesting comparison for him that, you know, is Starlo to Lele, um, who you might remember the Carolina mm, yeah. defensive tackle. And Buffalo um, Bill. Yeah, the Buffalo Bill. I look, I don't, I don't think he had an amazing 2022 season. I, you know, he obviously was a starter, but he was, he was rotated in and out a fair bit. And, you know, he's kind of, he's fairly infrequent on obvious passing downs, you know. Um, although he does, you know, he's really athletic. He's pretty rare in terms of that sort of size agility that he has, um, you know. But you what you want to see him is you want to see him get locked in head up against, you know, bare fronts, tight fronts, you know, at the next level. Because that, that big old barrel of, 
flesh that he's got, you know, and that quickness, you know, he is going to weigh on centers, you know, that that's going to be a long afternoon on downs one and two for centers around the NFL. Mm. And yeah, what I love that he does is he, he's got really good hips. He's got great hip explosion. Um, and that really reminds me of, of Vita Vea at times, the way that he explodes out through the hips and upwards. And, you know, we just talked about day one Jones and, uh, and one of the things that, that, you look at Daywan Jones and you think, ah, oh, you know, because he's so because he's so big, because he's so tall, defenders actually get leverage into him because he's just so high. For for Ika, he does an amazing job because he's only six three, and and that plays into his, you know, plays into his hands at times. But in a second, we'll talk about why it plays against him. But you know, he can certainly come up low. He can win the leverage battle. He's quick off the ball. He's got great hands as that sort of pure 34 nose tackle that, that you're looking for. Now the downside obviously is that, you know, he isn't a pass rusher really, you know, you're not going to want him on the field on third down. So really he, you're, you're, you're looking at a guy who can only contribute on, on two downs, not going to contribute on special teams. Technique can sometimes go a little bit awry, especially against double teams. You know, you, you, you tend to see him, struggle a little bit to to get off a block on a double team and when he gets held up like that especially against doubles he just has this tendency to to drop his head a little bit too much and he can lose sight of the play whether that's the quarterback moving whether that's a running back hitting the hole uh those sorts of things that that can you know that that's a worry i think it's coachable obviously um but you do worry as to why it hasn't been coached out of him um, gets a little bit top heavy again, a bit like Jones, a little bit like out over his skis sometimes. He struggled at times. I think I've seen him play a number of times against uh, ZBS schemes and he struggled a little bit, um, you know, and, and I wonder why that is, you know, and length generally, I think it, it, it is part of the reason, you know, because he does have the explosion to, to be able to maneuver, but that length in terms of, you know, linemen can just get into his frame a little bit and just hold him up and, you know, because he does have that low center of gravity, the hand power, all of those sorts of things. And just sometimes he just gets a little bit held up. And the other thing for me that's a bit concerning, and look, you know, I have not watched every single game he's played at LSU and uh, and uh, Baylor, but he has been a significant contributor for four years. He was a significant contributor in a rotation, certainly in the, in the national championship year of 2019. Okay. His tackle numbers are extremely low. Hmm. over four years 2019 as a freshman six tackles 2020 three tackles okay in 2021 as a full-time starter he had 17 tackles all season and in 2022 last year he had 10 tackles all season so he has 36 tackles in four years now look he's not a linebacker racking up you know 150 tackles a game but even so that is an interesting you know, and you take all these things in context, mm. but that is an interesting, interesting number for me. But look, I, I think he's this super size kind of quick initial off the snap penetration, one technique um, or zero technique at the, at the next level. Uh, and, you know, maybe not a guy who two gaps, uh, but he's going to be a guy certainly who can soak up some of that interior pressure and let linebackers in behind do some work and safeties in behind do some work. So he, he's a very interesting guy. I like him. I do like his tape, but I do think there are things that, you know, there are things that he needs to work on, but certainly as a rotational piece in a defensive line and a functional 34 and a functional odd front defensive line, I think he's uh, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Now let's, let's explain to our, our listeners. Zero tech is directly head up on the center. Uh, 1A or 1B or outside shade one tech or inside shade one tech is cocked into in the in the center. Uh, you're right in the gap in the A gap between the center and the guard 
but you're playing onto the center, which means you're cocked toward the center, either on the, his outside shoulder or his inside shoulder. Of course, outside and inside depends on which hash you're on. Now, the very best ones, Peter Vea, okay? Even, you know what? I want to give a little love to, to Raekwon Davis because he's been really, really good at it since he, he came over from Alabama. The very best ones can get from zero technique right onto the B gap, onto a guard and occupy him, and that's half the battle. Although you are releasing the center, if you do that, especially against outside zone, you're blowing up plays over and over and over again. Does he have the foot quickness to move over a gap at the snap? Or, he certainly or, is, he has just, the... or is he just a, a mauler of the, of the center? No, no, no. He definitely has the foot quickness. He's really agile and really quick off the snap. Look, he, he doesn't have long speed. You know, he was in the five threes as well when he ran, but he he has quickness, certainly off the ball. That's 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 impressive. Um, you know, so I think, you know, look at a zero technique, a guy that lines up face to face with the center or a one tech that lines up on the center's outside shoulder. I, I think I, I think he's probably more suited to being a zero technique. Uh, sorry, to a one technique because uh, because of that explosion. But I think at 338 pounds, if he can't soak up, you know, and be a nose tackle and just give a center a really hard day for four quarters, then there's something wrong. Does that make sense? Do you see what I mean? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, um, so that's that that that's where I kind of that's where I kind of see him as. You know, no, he's not going to be a two or a three tech. Obviously, he's, uh, and none of those numbers work. But a zero or a one technique, and I think some, you know, some people are like, is he a zero? Is he a one? I know some guys think he's a one. I think probably just because of that explosion, he's probably could probably be a one technique. So somebody that just lines up on the center's outside shoulder. But I think if you if you're going to move him up over the over the, the the center, then you know you can get some you can absolutely get some some worth out of him there. Yeah. Now there's there's some listeners right now listening to us and saying, ah, but you know we're kind of set there. You know we got we got Raekwon Davis. We got uh you know we got all these defensive tackles. We got. You know, John Jenkins. Well, John Jenkins is getting uh, long in the tooth. If you know anything about the, this Vic Fangio defense, uh, you're going to need two. Okay. You're going to need two oh, guys. You're going to need more than that. I mean, Fangio was a part of that Jonathan Gannon defense in Philadelphia where they played 11 guys, mm -hmm. a minimum of 13 snaps each per game. So that tells you exactly what, you know, and the Eagles who already had, you know, a, a very good interior defensive line with guys like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, then went and drafted Jordan Davis in the first round last year. I would not mm. be surprised at all if the Miami Dolphins first pick at 51 was a defensive tackle. I'm not saying it's going to be Eakin necessarily, but I do think that they absolutely need a defensive tackle. John Jenkins is a free agent. The way that the scheme works, we'll see, we'll see Sealer and, um, and Christian Wilkins play much further out than, you know, they're not going to play specific defensive tackle slots. They're going to play, you know, they'll, they'll play four and five techniques at times, you know, out, out, you know, four technique where you line up on the tackles inside mm. shoulder, five technique when you line up on the tackles outside shoulder. Um, so I think you'll see that sometimes as well. Um, Raekwon Davis is coming into his fourth season. Yes. Yeah, so he's a con it's contract year for Raekwon Davis. So, you know, I think the great thing that the Philadelphia Eagles and Harry Roseman has, have done, has done, is that they have preempted all of their free agent movement. And whether or not they do that on purpose, I suspect they do. But they look at a guy like Javon Hargrave, who they signed to a contract, was going to be a free agent. So they knew that they needed defensive tackle help. And they also knew Fletcher Cox was going to be 32, 33. So that's why they drafted Jordan Davis. It's like, you know, you look at the corners that they're losing, you look at the safeties that they're losing, all of those players that they they end up losing. You know, they thought Jason, Jason Kelsey was going to retire at the end of the season, that Landon Dickerson was going to slide in 
uh, and be centre. Um, you know, and then you know if Landon Dickerson, who's been brilliant at left guard, well, maybe that they um maybe they decide that Cam Jurgens, the the guy they got from Nebraska, was going to be the the centre replacement. So they're always looking ahead, and I think that's what the Dolphins have got to do. And it's very hard to do it when you only have minimal draft picks. But I would not be shocked if defensive tackle was was the position that Dolphins took first. Yeah. Now some people are, are also listening and saying, "Man, you're going to take a you're going to take a zero or a one tech to play 14, 15 snaps a game um, early in the draft." These guys tend to drop, and they drop every year. So you think this is the guy that might find himself in early day three, maybe even late? No, I don't think he, I don't think he falls into day three. Uh, really? I'd be surprised if he does. Uh, I I'd really be surprised if he does. You know, he just has, you know, that 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 quick snap, quick 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 snap quickness um i i i'll be very surprised if if um you know you look at a guy like you know jalen carter is obviously going to come off the board first although apparently a really really bad pro day today um coupled with the off-field issues you've got brian brissy who looks like a pittsburgh steeler already i think uh, uh, you know apu uh, as we know like Nimble nose tackle, I think, is the is the word that I've heard heard from him. You know, he, his lateral agility at his at his size is just too good. I think, um, because I think you, I think if you're a centre, you're just thinking that he's going to play through you, and actually he doesn't because he can move so well. Like scouts talk about, can you play the piano? And the piano essentially means can you move your feet up and down as if you were dancing up and down on on a piano keyboard. Mm. You know, and and Apu can can absolutely play that. I mean, he has, and I say that you know third downs you're probably not going to want him anyway because most teams take out big defensive tackles anyway on third down but 51 pressures in two years at Baylor okay that's on just essentially just on downs one and two that tells you all that you need to know about about his impact I I can't see any way that a guy that's six foot three 300 and almost 340 pounds and is as nimble as he is and had 51 pressures in two seasons at Baylor could ever fall into day into day three yeah. Now he was also. Uh, by the way, two two facts about him. He's a major in leisure studies, which yeah. is I want to know what the hell that is because it sounds fun, sounds delightful, really. Right. I think it's like. Do you have leisure centers and you know those sorts of things? You probably wouldn't call them leisure, like gyms and things. It's like, isn't it that sort of thing? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm completely clueless. We have country clubs. <laughs> we do have yeah. that. <laughs> you know, but um, uh, one last thing. Uh, it's always it's not really a red flag, but you want an answer to this. Uh, he's a national champion. He was on the the greatest college football team I've ever seen. That mm. 2020 LSU team transferred to Baylor. Why? Oh, we well, know? I mean, as I said, yeah, as I said, Ed Orgeron loves him. So he's a fantastic kid. And literally, it was just a scheme change. So Dave Aranda, okay. who was who was the coach there, played the, essentially really a sort of a 34 front. And uh, they wanted to shift to a 43 and he struggled uh, and they came to a decision that actually it'd be better for you to go and play in a 34 front. And he was unhappy and that's why he followed Aranda to, to Baylor. So, so yeah, there was no, um, there were no off the field issues. There were no, um, yeah, there was no kind of no red flags in terms of like some, some seedy shit had been going on. So yeah, he's actually no. doing health kinesiology and leisure studies. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's Samoan, uh, which is a, a positive red flag. The, the great family people, great people, uh, great culture, great football culture, and yeah. the right position too. <laughs> okay, so so Baylor's course says that it is a major for students preparing for the general career areas of health, fitness, recreation, and sport. 
So it's well it's well suited for students who are unsure of which area they're most interested in pursuing. So it's looking at intervention design in public and community health, stress management, leisure and lifestyle well-being, anatomical kinesiology, and research methods and design in exercise science. So there you go. You didn't know you were getting a um a degree uh, breakdown <laughs> as well. So we bring it all to you on two YPC. Nice, nice. And it's uh, Sika Aka, uh, which is it, it's kind of interesting. His name is Apu, which means apple in in Samoan. Mm-hmm. I was I was reading into it. I thought maybe this means more, you know, but it's not. It just means apple. <laughs> that's all it means. All right, that's gonna do it this week. Uh, you're not gonna tell us about the two prospects next week, right? It's gonna be. I'm not. All right, that's gonna do it. We will talk to you next week. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.